0: On this episode of Out of Bounds, Dylan James, we discuss Deshaun Watson's payday, Clowny Watch 2020, the Stanley Cup Conference semifinals, the NBA playoffs, and also JT's football recap of the week, winners and losers, and final thoughts. Thank you so much for supporting us thus far. If you like our content, feel free to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review and a rating as well on Apple iTunes, Stitcher um iheart radio all of those podcast distribution channels wherever you listen to our podcast feel free to subscribe follow us on twitter oob podcast instagram oob podcast and also our facebook page out of bounds with dylan james now let's get into the show how's it going everybody It's another Saturday, beautiful Saturday in Orlando, Florida, and JT and I are here to talk to you about sports once again. JT, I'm very impressed with us. We have actually had three shows in a row, a consistent schedule. It's been fantastic.
1: Yes, Dylan. This is very uh, unusual with everything going on right now, but we've managed to... Keep a consistent schedule with the show, which is very good for our, our loyal listeners You know who enjoy our content that we've been posting on the podcast and other things. And, of course, uh, I hope everyone is having a safe uh, holiday weekend as we approach Labor Day on Monday. And this is great news, Dylan. we got sports coming back, the Kentucky Derby's today, college football starts today, the NFL starts in a few days.
0: I'm excited. I'm excited, too. I mean, we're seeing... This huge uprising of sports recently with everything coming back and and football starting soon. College football is starting soon too, which you'll talk about on the show today. And it's just, it's really good to see things getting back to normal, especially in the sports world when this is pretty much our lives. I mean, we, we love sports. We love talking about sports and watching sports. And so during the furlough, it, it was... Kind of dark just because, you know, we couldn't watch what we loved. We had to watch replays, and I was watching NHL TV a lot, watching former games and such. So, I mean, you know, it's it's great to see these games back on TV. Great to see baseball. Great to see football. Great to see hockey. And it's going to get even better in the fall. We're getting uh, fantasy football. Actually, our fantasy football draft for Out of Mounds, our league, is actually on Monday. So that's a huge deal, too. We're going to be talking about that once the draft Occurs so next show we have, we'll talk more about the results of that draft. But I'm looking forward to it, it's gonna be awesome. We're gonna be talking about trade deadline today from the MLB. We'll be talking about some cuts that are happening in the NFL. We'll also talk about NHL and the Stanley Cup playoffs, which they are heating up. There is a game seven tonight, won't give away who it's against, but you probably already know. And crazy, crazy stuff to talk about, a lot of news to talk about. So let's just dive right into it, JT. Like we were talking about before, the NFL is starting up very, very soon. Five days from now, it's the kickoff of the season. Thursday night football, Texans versus Chiefs. That's going to be a pretty big game, especially for the AFC South, to see how well the Texans how well the Texans have done this offseason in training camp and just to scope out some competition moving forward, especially with the Chiefs, too, being the team that we lost to in the AFC Championship last year with the Titans. Yes,
1: yeah, still in the Chiefs. Have been to me the most impact uh compact team for the off season. They kept a lot of their core players, and the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes says they're, they're ready to go to to defend their Super Bowl championship and go for another run. And the Texans, they made a bunch of changes. You know, Johnny Hop is not there anymore, but you know they're trying to figure out what's going to do now. that They gave that big deal to Deshaun Watson, to try to carry it forward. So. You kind of have two teams kind of going in different directions, but it's to be interesting to see how it all plays out on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, for sure, definitely. I mean, and also seeing the loss of DeAndre, Hop- uh, DeAndre Hopkins with the Texans, that's going to be a huge loss for them, so we'll see how that happens going forward. We have Randall Cobb there. They have Will Fuller there. So they have a few new faces in the organization. Uh, Will Fuller is going to be wide receiver one at this point, so... He's stepping into the shoes of DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think he's actually going to fill those shoes because DeAndre Hopkins is arguably the best wide receiver in football right now, but we'll just have to see how the Texans do. Deshaun Watson, like you said, did get paid. He got his four-year extension, $160 million, In those four years, he'll be averaging $39 million a year in base salary. That's just absolutely crazy to me, considering that the Titans just signed Ryan Tannehill in the offseason four years, $118 million. So if Ryan Tannehill produces the way he did last season, especially in the playoffs, I mean, in the playoffs he was okay, but in regular season, um, having the completion percentage he had, having the, the yards per attempt, things like that, I mean, it's going to be a steal for the Titans and... I don't really see Tannehill regressing that much in this system from what he had last season. Because last season he had great stats, had a great team around him, had a great offensive line. Taylor Lewan was out for the first six games um, for suspension. And and that was when we actually had Marcus Mariota there starting the qu- as the starting quarterback. So now we have Ryan Tannehill. He had a fully healthy offensive line last season. He had Derrick Henry with him as well. It, it just, and we also have AJ Brown in his second year. We have Corey Davis as the wide receiver, too, which it sounds like he was battling some ailments last year as well. So seeing him fully healthy in the system might be a good thing. And we'll see him produce, too. And hopefully he produces because he was our first round draft pick a few, se- just only a few seasons ago. So, you know, big thing for the Titans, but it's crazy to think the comparison between the Desha- Deshaun Watson deal and the Ryan Tannehill deal.
2: Yes, Dylan, that's a good point you mentioned, and we'll just have to see how, I mean, a lot of these players are getting paid big money I've seen big contracts thrown out in the league, and we'll have to see how it all pans out. But for Deshaun Watson, it's clear he deserves it. He's been the consistent play for the Houston Texans. He's been the main reason carry that team in the playoffs the last couple of years, and the Texans believe he's the man that can go forward and try to, Bring the Texans somewhere they haven't been, and that is the Super Bowl, and they try to win a Super Bowl championship in Houston,
0: which that's going to be huge for them if they can get there. We'll see if they'll be able to make it out of the AFC South and become the champions there, or a wild card. We have seen the AFC South teams have battled for that wild card position as well the past few seasons, so I'm sure it wouldn't be a surprise to me if we saw two AFC South AFC South teams in the playoffs next season. Because, I mean, we've seen it so many times before, so um, keep your eye out on that as well throughout the season. But let's move on to some Clowney news. It was big because actually the other day, I think it was two days ago, um, we started seeing tweets coming out talking about Jadavion Clowney a bit more, talking about he's getting close to signing a deal with someone. And he's just weighing his options at this point. One of the teams that came into the conversation, I know the Titans were in there for a while, but the New Orleans Saints apparently have a huge push for Jadavion Clowney and his services. And it looks like it's weighing heavy on Jadavion Clowney's mind that the Saints might be a good team for him to end up on.
2: Yeah, still. In, with Jadavion Clowney, it's been a little crazy because he's still on the market, surprisingly, as we're about to kick off the NFL in five days. And he's still trying to side with his options. The Saints, as you mentioned, is a team that looks like they would try to bring him in to help the defense. For the Saints, remember, the Saints, we know their offense has been good, the defense has been okay, but in the playoffs they've really struggled against high power offensive teams and getting blown out. So, I can see Jadavion Clowney help the Saints dramatically. He could also help the Titans, because the good Titans, even though our defense was really good this past year and our offense you know, carried the load with Derrick Henry. I think Jadavion Clowney could fit Mike Brabel's, uh defensive scheme system better and help keep the Titans in the race, not just for the ASU South, but make a deep run in the playoffs. Remember, we lost in the ASU Championship game to the Kansas City Chiefs. One more win, Dylan, and we would have gone to the Super Bowl the first time in like nearly 20 years. And I think with J.B. and Clowney, he could be the big piece the Titans are missing to try to get him the Super Bowl. I know there's another team down up, well, not down, but up north of us, up in Jacksonville, that's trying to make a push. But they've been a hot mess lately.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's just been lately, J.T. I think it's been for a while the Jacksonville Jaguars have been a hot mess, and... We've seen it, especially during the off season, with Yannick Ngakwe. He was making it very apparent on Twitter the entire offseason. He wanted to be traded from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trade me. I want to go somewhere else. I don't want to stay here in Jacksonville. God be the glory. Jay, trade me now. I need to get out of here. The entire off season, I've been seeing tweets from Ngakwe, um, God's plan, um, things like that. And so I think... The Saints have many, many issues. That's a team that I don't think Jade Connie would want to go, especially since he's probably wanting to find a contender, and the Jacksonville Jaguars apparently are far from that, especially with their defense. It's just not good in Jacksonville. It's not what it was before just a few seasons ago, and we saw a lot of other players, key players from that defense leave recently as well, and... It doesn't look very good for the Jacksonville Jaguars, although they do have cap space, so they can offer him a pretty good contract. If they did offer him a contract, it looks like um, per over the cap, they have $34.8 million in cap space. So, And that's before the cuts today as well. So that's a huge, a huge number for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They could possibly make a push for him. But again, I think he's looking for money, but he's also looking for a team that can contend. And New Orleans Saints and the Titans, those are two teams that do contend year in and year out, especially with the Titans being contenders the past few seasons. Um, And I think that even this season, having that core structure back in their organization, I think they will continue to be a very, very strong force in the AFC. But the Saints only have about $7 million in cap space right now. And the Titans have a little bit over, uh, almost $22 million in cap space right now. Early on, Jadavian Clowney was saying he was wanting a contract somewhere in the mar- somewhere in the range of like seventeen to nineteen million dollars for a season, and teams were not getting anywhere close to that. Apparently, the Titans were getting close to maybe the thirteen to fifteen dollar range, but that was about it. Um, and apparently, there was a tweet that came out the other day that from this Nader seven two three on Twitter. Apparently, he is a New Orleans Saints reporter there a beat reporter there and he came out saying young clowney is going to be signing with the new orleans saints they're finalizing the contract it's a one-year 10 million dollar deal now that number is way far off from what he, he was asking for to begin with so that's why i am very suspicious about that breaking news we've seen it all over twitter before where Breaking news happens from a random Twitter account such as this, saying that this is going to happen, this is a done deal, you know, book it, you can write it in stone, and then a few days later it completely completely just dissolves. It's not even a story anymore. They sign with another team, and that Twitter account is deemed unreliable, um, uncredible. And we'll talk more about that. That's my final thoughts this afternoon. But yeah, I think that Jadavion Clowney will be signing with either the Saints or the Titans. I don't necessarily think it's going to be the Saints because of the cap space situation. And also, on top of that, they have Alvin Kamara sitting there with no contract yet, no contract extension, and to see what he's done for that team in New Orleans, for him to see them going so far to try to sign Jadavion Clowney and not even worry about his contract, not worry about his extension, how does that make Alvin Kamara feel at that at that point if I were Alvin Kamara I would say look I just want to go somewhere else now like you don't appreciate what I've done for your team for this city for the past few seasons where I've been one of the most elite wide receivers who is a threat in the passing game who's a threat in the running game I it's it's just mind-boggling to me that they're completely discrediting the work that Alvin Kamara has put in for the New Orleans Saints and trying to get in on the sweepstakes for Jadavion Clowney. At a certain point, I think Clowney is just doing this to try to get more money from the Titans. I think that this is just a money grab from Jadavion Clowney. And also, his agent had told him to wait until the cuts had happened. That way, there'd be other teams that might have freed up money that would possibly be in the conversation to give him a contract as well. But his conja- his agent actually got fired this morning. So that's huge news as well. And he has a new agent now. So I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm, at this point, I'm saying, you know what? If he signs with the Titans, great. If he signs with the Saints, okay, that's fine. Let's just get this over with. Let's get this story out of the way. Let's find something else to talk about and move on. I think it's just at that point now, it's just you're beating a dead horse.
1: Yeah, I agree, Dylan. I want this soap opera to end with Javion Clowney. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But today, Dylan, speaking of NFL, it is cut day. So a lot of teams are trying to cut down their roster to 53 players. And the deadline is at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Dylan, what has been the most surprising cut for you so far?
0: Most surprising cut for me, I'm just going to look at the Titans for now, because, I mean, there are several cuts, and one of the cut your cut actually is one that I was keeping an eye on as well, but my cut, my surprising cut is probably quarterback Tre- uh, Tre- Trevor Simeon, the quarterback from the Tennessee Titans. He was a former Broncos quarterback, and he got cut this week after being with the team for the past two weeks. He actually got signed after we cut Cole McDonald, who was not working out for the team right now. It just seems like he's a player that's going to be on the practice squad. He just needs he, gets, he needs to get his mechanics down. He has an arm. He can throw the ball. He did great in Hawaii. But I think that he'll just need some time on the practice squad to get more reps in an NFL system. I think he'll be fine in a few years. But with Trevor Simeon, we have Logan Woodside in, in Tennessee, and he's our backup quarterback. He's been the backup he's been the third string quarterback for the Titans for at least the past 2 seasons and he actually knows the system. He you know, he knows Arthur Smith, he 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 learned underneath Mariota and underneath Tanahill last season and it's just interesting to me that we are keeping him as our QB2 especially since Logan doesn't really have experience in the NFL. He has experience in preseason games. Um, but he hasn't really He hasn't started an NFL game yet. So it was kind of interesting to me that we kept Logan Woodside, considering the fact that in Nashville, the Titans have been in Nashville for 21 seasons of those seasons. Only three of them have had the starting quarterback start all 16 games, which is crazy to think about. So the backup quarterback position in Tennessee is very valuable. We need to have somebody in that position who actually has NFL experience, NFL success. So that's why the Titans were so good last season. We had Marcus Mariota as our starting quarterback, which it was, you know, a make or break season for Marcus. It turned out not to be a very good project for us. I think that there were several things that led to the the fall from grace of Marcus Mariota, which we won't get into today. But he's no longer with the team. And once that happened last year, once he got benched, we got Tannehill in there, a proven veteran quarterback in the NFL, and he came in and played extremely well. He was one of the top three quarterbacks, in my opinion, in the league when it came to completion percentage, when it came to yards per attempt, when it came to um, deep yardage passes. I mean, like he was a great quarterback, did a great job with the ball, kept the ball, a great game manager. Um, you know, having a quarterback like that did really well for us, but now we have Trevor Simeon in there that doesn't have experience like a Tana Hill did. And so having Trevor, Trevor Simeon on the roster, I thought, you know what? He's a great option for us just in case anything happens, just as an insurance policy. But obviously the Titans didn't like what they saw. So I think they're looking for possibly putting him on the practice squad. If he doesn't get picked up by a team, but at this, in this case, we'll probably see him get signed by a team as a backup quarterback somewhere because he has experience in the league. He's done it before in Denver, and I think he just was given a—he was dealt a bad hand in Denver, and that's the reason why he was so bad in Denver. But it's going to be interesting to see if we keep Logan Woodside. I know there are several other quarterbacks out there. Josh Rosen is out there. He just got cut by the Miami Dolphins today or yesterday. So I mean, there are options out there for a QB two. And we might explore those options. But as of right now, the Titans are sticking with, with um, Logan Woodside right now as the QB two. So we'll see how that turns out. But what was your most surprising cut so far um, today? JT.
1: Well, Dylan, the most surprising cut for me was the Washington football team cutting running back Adrian Peterson. Now I know I shouldn't be surprised because of his age he is 35, but Look at Adrian Peterson the last couple of years with the Washington football team. He's done exceptionally well, especially for his age at a running back, because everyone says oh, over 30 running backs go down the hill. But not Adrian Peterson. He has been consistently in shape and performed well. Now, I know it's been since 2015 when he had 11 touchdowns back when he was the Minnesota Vikings. But the last couple of seasons with the Washington football team, he The first year, 2018, he had over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. And in this past year, he played 15 games, was just 102 yards away from getting another 1,000-yard season, and had five touchdowns. He's been very productive for the Washington football team, but Washington has made a lot of changes <laughs> with everything going on with that team lately, and they decided that they want to keep their younger running backs, Antonio Gibson, and Bryce Love on the roster to provide more depth in that position, especially because with quarterback, we don't know if Alex Smith is going to play. Uh, Dwayne Haskins Jr., I believe, was named the week one starter for Washington Football Club. So we'll see how that plays out. But for Adrian Peterson, that was definitely my surprise. Despite his age, I think, Dylan, someone's going to sign him. I don't know who yet. But someone's going to take them. Just look down the road from us down to Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay, whatever it's called now, <laughs> and see them stocking up with running backs. So I think they could add them just as an insurance policy if one of their running backs gets hurt during the season. And there'll be other teams still in that need running backs. So this is not the end for Adrian Peterson just yet.
0: Yeah, and I hope that I think that Adrian Peterson is hoping that Alvin Kamara stays with the Saints long enough to where he can actually get signed by a team first before Alvin Kamara hits the market. Because if that happens, then um, that's going to be definitely a huge acquisition for any team that decides to pick up Alvin Kamara. But I agree with you. I think that having a veteran presence like Adrian Peterson on a team is good, especially in the running back room. And you look at Frank Gore's success in the league with his age and he's, he's with the Jets now and he's still playing like he is never going to retire. He's going to play until he's on his deathbed. I, I've, I've come to accept that fact. So Frank Gore has been doing very well in the league. I think that Adrian Peterson will continue with the team somewhere and especially with his success he's had in his career, especially with the Vikings too, coming back from the whole scandal that happened with him and his and his family and his child and whatever. I mean, he, he's he's come back and he's done pretty well. He actually played pretty well for the Washington football team last season. Didn't play that much. He wasn't a starting caliber running back. But, I mean, he, he came in when he needed to come in and made the plays when he needed to make plays. So, I think having a steady presence like that in the backfield is a good thing for a team out there. I don't know who will sign him. But I I hope that Adrian does get picked up by somebody because he definitely has some more in the tank, I believe. So let's move on to the NHL. NHL is heating up even more going into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And they're about to be heading into the conference finals. We have a few teams that are in the conference finals already. But let's just talk about the Eastern Conference first. The one series that actually was decided pretty quickly was the Lightning versus the Bruins, which was a surprise to me. I thought it would probably go seven games. But it clearly didn't. The Lightning came into Game Three and won against the Bruins seven to one. Just blew the doors off the Bruins in that game, and after that point, they just could not keep up. Uh, the Bruins were outscored by the Lightning thirteen to four in Game Three, four and five. Uh, that's just awful for the Bruins, especially having the high uh, the high aspirations they did in Boston. But the Lightning did a really good job in this series. Very strong defensively, offensively, and also in uh, their goaltending as well. With, with Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky looked fantastic in this series, and they showed the dominance that they will incur on someone if they need to. And I think that's going to happen in the next in the next game that they have in the Eastern Conference Final. But yeah, the Lightning looked fantastic in this series. What do you think, JT?
1: Well, Dylan, I mentioned last episode that the Lightning were on a redemption mission this year after getting swept by the Blue Jackets last season. And the Lightning are clearly doing that. I was very surprised, like you mentioned, how they dominated the Bruins. We both said a couple weeks ago that we were looking at a six, seven game series. But I think what really hurt the Bruins, Dylan, was obviously Tugarask, you know, leading uh, that and then you saw Yaroslav a lot. He tried. He tried. He tried play. for sure. Yeah. So he the did. Bruins in it, but the Lightning with their players with Bladen, it's just, this kept going and going with goals. And the defense for Boston really struggled. Zadino Chara mentioned that you know, the Lightning were just a better team in this series, and they clearly showed it against the Bruins. And the Bruins have to do some soul searching now because this is the second year in a row where a lot of teams, well, the Bruins, course, made the Seneca final last year, but people were expecting them to get at least that far again this year, and you get bounced by a, a team that was just much faster, and the Lightning, like you mentioned, Bezalewski, he's done very well in that for the team, and the Lightning now move on to the third round in the Eastern Conference final. They'll be certainly well-rested, because in the other series in the Eastern Conference, it's been... Very entertaining. Not the way I expected. I, between the Flyers and the Islanders, Islanders, of course, had a 3-1 series lead. But the Flyers, Dylan, have bowed back in this series. Hart has stepped up big time, big saves in two elimination games. And not only that, Dylan, the Flyers had to win overtime, two overtime games in a row. So we go into game seven tonight, uh, 7.30 on NBC. The Islanders, I feel like, all the only way they're going to win this game if it doesn't go to overtime. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, the Flyers are giving it to the Islanders at this point. I mean, the, the momentum has swung into the Flyers' wheelhouse, and, you know, I think the Flyers are going to do really good things in this game tonight. I think the Flyers are playing very confidently right now, especially Carter Hart getting his game back. I mean, he wasn't looking so hot in this series to begin with, and that's why they got in this 3-1 hole, and... This series and also the two other series in the Western Conference, all three series went to a three, uh, were down 3-1 and they all went to game seven, which we'll talk about the game sevens that happened last night in the Western Conference in just a moment. But yeah, this this game is going to be very, very tough for the Islanders. I think the Flyers just have the, all the momentum right now and you know they, they, they're deflated at this point. They had a 3-1 lead in this series and they gave it up. And now we're seeing why the Flyers were the number 1 seed going into the playoffs this year. I mean, I I think that after the round robin games, we saw the Flyers wanted they came in, they had an objective. They wanted to show everyone they they deserved to be there and they did. They've proven it. And now they're in the Eastern Conference semifinal and you know, it, they're one game away from getting to the Eastern Conference finals. And I think they'll be able to do it. I, th- I think they'll be able to come in there and show the Islanders why they're the number one seed and why they're so powerful. Um, again, like you said, just from uh, from top to bottom, this team has just done very well, especially in the two eliminations games they've had. It's going to be a very, very tough ride for the Islanders. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Islanders win this series, but uh, it's, it's very tough for me to choose the Islanders over the Flyers <laughs> in this situation because the Flyers are just playing so well right now.
1: Yeah, Dylan, as you mentioned, Carter Hart, he stepped up big double overtime, uh, 49 saves, .924 save average. And he's done, he's been the reason turning that series around to keep the Flyers in it. And it'll be interesting to see. I, I guess I, we both picked the Islanders in the series, but the Flyers bounce back. Hey, this is a team that is a quick team, too, so they could give the Lightning some trouble in the next round. The other thing that's cool with the Flyers, Dylan. It's a story on Oscar Lindblom. I mean, that's a, a main story. He that's had huge, yeah. Cancer coming back with his team and 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 helping him out, try to get him through in the in the playoffs. So that's a really cool story as well. But let's talk about the wild wild west in the NHL, Dylan. As you mentioned, we had two game sevens, and for one series we got right. The other series, though, it went seven games, but it went completely different direction than we thought so let's start with the golden knights and the vancouver canucks uh dylan we both knew this was gonna be a hard fought series but vegas was up early it looked like they were going to cruise in this series early on 3-1 but the vancouver canucks completely turned the series upside down because of one guy and who was that dylan
0: that was thatcher dimco and he came in in relief of markstrom in net for the Canucks and he just played phenomenally um, he almost stole the series for the Canucks he had 128 saves on 130 shot attempts he only allowed two goals he had a .985 save percentage in the games he played in three games he played and he also came in um, and played a little bit in the game that Markstrom got hurt, but he played in four games and he had three quality starts through that time. So all of his starts were quality starts. He actually he played phenomenally. And we actually saw it too, Mark Stone, when they had the handshake line. Mark Stone had that face of, wow, like, whoa, you just did that. You almost beat us because of the play you were you were doing out there. I mean, he he was saving everything left and right. And it's a team like the Golden Knights—that's a tough team to go against, especially with a goaltender that wasn't used to being the starter in Vancouver. And Dimco went in there and looked like a seasoned veteran. Yes,
1: Dylan, and he came in to replace Jacob Markstrom. And after Game Five, and he, like you mentioned, he stepped up. Uh, he had thirty-three saves in Game Seven, and despite losing and. As you mentioned, he only gave up two goals. You know who scored those two goals for Vegas? Shea Theodore. He's the only one that can figure out how to get a goal past this guy. Nobody else could figure out how to get him. And as you mentioned, he basically almost stole this series for Vancouver and getting him to the Western Conference Final somewhere they haven't been since 2011. So that would have been a crazy story. But, hey, you got to give credit to the Vegas Golden Knights. They hung on there. They didn't uh, They hang in there. They didn't quit. And they were able to uh, get through. You got to give credit to Robin Lehner. He uh, stepped up, too, uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights to keep them in this series. Because, like you mentioned, they could have blown it after losing a 3-1 series lead. But Vegas, that didn't happen. And they move on to now the Western Conference Final for the first time, not first time, sorry, but the second time in their three years of existence, Dilly. How crazy is that? Three years they've been in the league, and now they're going to the Western Conference Finals
0: for just a second time. That's absolutely crazy to me, that the Vegas Golden Knights, in their three years of existence, can make it to the Finals two times. Now, that's something we have to look forward to as well with the Seattle Kraken. Can they replicate that same success that the Knights had in their first three seasons? Which, I don't know if they can, but... With the way that the expansion draft works, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. But we'll just have to see what happens when the 21 22 season rolls around here after the expansion draft. Now, let's go to the next series. The next series. I was going to a- say that. Sorry to cut you off. I was oh, no, you're
1: just going well, to add, well, at least the Vegas Golden Knights will have some competition.
0: Yeah, true. Because they are in the same com- division. <laughs> they will have some competition, which will be nice to see. So. Let's move on to the next series, the Avalanche versus the Stars. Now, this one was tricky, too. This one was actually flipped. So, in the Golden Knights-Canucks series, the Golden Knights, who were the ones that were supposed to be winning the series, that were the higher seed, they were the ones that were up 3-1, and then the Canucks came back from behind. In the other series, it was opposite. The Stars, that were actually the lower seed, were not supposed to do as well. On the back of on Kudobin. Uh, uh, they actually got a three-one series lead against the Avalanche, who we thought were an offensive juggernaut that they were just going to come in and just wipe the floor with the Dallas Stars. Although I think we did talk about this series and said that it was going to go pretty far, simply because they're Central Division rivals, which they know each other better than other teams. So I, I think I kind of I think we did talk about them going into a longer series, but I mean we didn't see the Stars coming into the series winning. The first, you know, three out of the first four games. Like, that's absolutely insane. And the Avalanche, they did struggle with injuries. They had Landis God come in. Um, and he, I mean, he he was missing from from the game for a little while, too. So that was a big piece they were missing. Um, but Nathan McKinnon was playing well. I mean, they were still scoring. It was just the Dallas Stars were just playing so much better than the Avs during this season, during this series.
1: Ugh. If I can think of one word that really helped Dallas in this series, it's defense. Now, I know Dallas is a Texas football town, but hockey, the defense really carried this team, Dylan, in this series. You can look at players like Miro Hiskinen. He stepped up really good for Dallas. John Klingenberg stepped up good. And their forwards were really struggling kind of early in the series when they were losing. Uh, but Alexander Radulov was very consistent. He got two goals yesterday. Jamie Ben did pretty good as well. Of course, we talked about Dennis Gurianov. He's been the rookie defenseman. But another rookie <laughs> completely stole the show last night, Dylan. And that was Joel Kibaranta. This guy from Finland, okay? He had only played like 11 games. He's barely been on the team, Dylan, for Dallas. The. Dallas this year the only reason why he played last night because Cugliano was injured he was not fit to play so he played the game of his life got a hat trick and scored the game winner to get the Dallas Stars to move on to the Western Conference Final where they haven't been Dylan since in the last 12 years Wow! it's been 12 years since Dallas Stars We're in a Western Conference final. So you got to give credit to Dallas Stars. Yes, they blew a 3-1 series lead, but their defense, even though they slipped those couple games, were consistent, kept it very close, and this game was very close. Remember, Dylan, this avalanche, like three minutes ago in the game, they were winning. They were up 4-3, and then literally seconds later, they get back a goal to tie the game and send it overtime before Joel Kivaranta scored the game-winner. So, for Dallas, you got to give them credit. This is a team that I don't think any of us expect to get this far. But, hey, they did it. They're going to give Vegas all they can handle. But for the Colorado Avalanche, Dylan, this is now what? The second year, they got bounced in Game 7. Second year in a row. And I know the Avalanche were banged up because b- both their goalies were injured in this series. Uh, I just stepped up big for the Avalanche to keep it close. And... Nathan McKinnon, we talked about him. You talked about him a little earlier, but he had no goal, no points, nothing to show for in this game, Dylan. He's the best player. You got to step it up for your team in a game seven if you want to keep your team alive in this series. Vladimir Nefikov Nef- 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 scored for the Avalanche as well. Of course, Andre Burakovsky, former Capital, he stepped up big too. Nazim Kadri stepped up, but no. Uh, Nathan McKinnon to show for so I know Landis Gog he was injured too so he didn't play but the Avalanche Dylan I feel it's another year another missed opportunity now this is a young team they're going to still be in contention for years to come as a top team in the Western Conference Dylan but eventually you got to get over that hump and break through you know
0: yeah, you have to, and and like you said, defense is a huge thing for the Avalanche to look at as well. I know that goaltending was a huge issue as well, especially with the injuries they had with Philip Grubauer and French I mean, Grubauer was playing very, very well throughout the entire playoff up until he got injured. I, I think that Grubauer, if he had been in net, we would probably be talking about a different story today. I think we'd probably be talking about the Avalanche moving on to the Western Conference final, but... Yeah, it's just tough. It's a tough loss for the Avalanche. They had such high hopes, and especially with how well they were playing offensively. Um, You know, even in this series, they played well, especially in the last three games. They played very well to come back from a 3 1 deficit and make it to a game seven. I mean, that's huge for a team as a young team like the Avalanche. And, And they'll have their time, they'll have their due. But, you know, it just seems like they were so close this season that. They are probably going to be thinking about this series for a long time moving forward and and hopefully, you know, try to put it in the rearview mirror and see what they can do next season in the Central Division. So we'll see what happens with the abs. I think they'll be fine, especially offensively and especially if they get Grubauer back. Um, I think that they'll be okay next season moving forward. So let's move on to the NBA. There's some playoffs happening there, too, and um, it's starting to get down to the wire as well for these NBA teams. The Heat and the Bucks, the Celtics, Raptors, Lakers, Rockets, and Clippers and Nuggets are all still in it. And the Eastern Conference has actually had a jump on the Western Conference when it comes to the conference semifinals. So we have the Heat and the Bucks and the Celtics and the Raptors. Let's talk about the Heat first. The surprise team in this whole scenario, because they're beating the Bucks right now 3-0 in the series. Yes, Dylan. Ironically, two weeks ago, when we did our last show,
1: the Bucks and the Lakers had both lost Game 1. Uh, we said, don't need to freak out. They're going to bounce back and cruise through. And they did. And here we are two weeks later. Guess what? The Bucks and the Lakers both losing in the semifinal round. Who would have thought of that? But uh, yes, Dylan, for the Bucks, I've been very surprised. It's like in this series, I, I watched Game 2. In that series, I had to work last night, so I didn't watch game three. But it's crazy how Giannis has had been so up and down in this series for the Bucks. He's doing what he can to keep his team in it. And he's had his role players, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, George Hill. They've stepped up. But other than Giannis, Dylan, nobody else is not making a lot of buckets. And you can't just rely on Giannis to keep you guys in it. Other role players got to step up. When you look at the Miami Heat, it's not just Jimmy Butler. You got Jay Crowder. You also got Bam Adebayo. You got (laughs) Goran Dragic. You got Tyler Hero. These guys have stepped up. And you also got, of course, former warrior and Memphis Grizzly, Andre Iguodala on the roster as well. And he's he's won a championship and he's helped that team out as well. So... What's helped the Heat, Dylan, is they play great defense. Everybody's contributing on that team. It's not just Jimmy Butler. Everybody's contributing. The game I watched, game two, that the Heat were able to win on a controversial foul call where Jimmy Butler had scored basically a free throw for them to win the game. It was a crazy game. But the Heat, Dylan, this team plays by committee. Everybody's stepping up. In game two, they had seven different players scored double digits. Seven. And in this game, everybody has stepped up in the game three last night. Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic, all these guys, Tyler Hero, they've all stepped up big for the keep. And now they put the Bucks on the brink of elimination and elimination, excuse me, elimination, because they play tomorrow. And I know Giannis is saying that, hey, hey if anybody's been down 3-0, if anybody can come back with 3-0 series lead, it's us. But, Dylan, this ain't hockey. This is the NBA. No team has come back from a 3-0 series deficit to win a series. Teams don't have gone 0 and 139. Oh, And the Bucks are about to be 140. <laughs> I do
0: not see any
1: way possible that they're going to beat this team four times in a row I just don't see it
0: yeah and I mean, I it, it's it's crazy I mean you see six players on that roster during the playoffs this year who have averaged double digits and for the Miami heat they're just they're looking like a dominant team they're playing very well they're playing smart team basketball and they're stepping up when they need to step up and so you know you look at that and you look at the Bucs, I mean, the Bucs had it to where they felt like it was in the bag for the Eastern Conference. They felt like, oh, well, we're the, we're the number one contenders for the championship this year. Like, we don't have to worry about these teams. But they came in, obviously, asleep against the Miami Heat because they've been giving it to them, man. I, I'm telling you, I, it's, it's not looking good for the Bucs. Like you said, I think it's going to be 140, 0 and 140 after this. But... You know, uh, the Bucks need to do some soul-searching uh, this offseason because Giannis, too, saying that he wants to stay in Miami, I and mean, he wants to stay in Milwaukee. Um, you know, at this point, it's like, do I really want to stay here or not? You know? I mean, if you're not going to make it to the final, to where you have a shot at possibly getting a playoff MVP and things of that nature, I mean, I I, I would probably look for somewhere else. I mean, you, you might need to pull LeBron James and, and you know, make the decision. 1.0 for Giannis, you know? Yes,
1: Dylan, those rumors are all going to heat up again whenever the Bucs seasons end. And for Giannis, it, I understand he wants to be loyal to Milwaukee, but you have to also look at other options and you see what the trend is lately. All these superpower teams from the Lakers, what's going on with Jimmy Butler is trying to do in Miami. And while well, the Sixers have tried. The process has not worked out for them so far. And, uh, you know, the Celtics, they've been pretty consistent with the addition of Kimball Walker. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But there's no doubt that teams like the Knicks, the Miami Heat, uh, Dallas, they're, they'll be making a push to get Giannis when it gets to that time where he's going to have to consider his options.
0: Yeah, definitely so. I think he'll be looking at those options very, very closely and seeing if he can find a, a place that can be a title contender for him moving forward and potentially, you know, pull a LeBron James. I think that at this point in his career, especially if he wants to be known as one of the best players in the league, he's going to have to leave there and go somewhere else to prove that he can win a championship and be in the conversation with LeBron James. So it's fascinating to see there. I don't think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to make it past this series. I mean, Miami's made it too hard on them so far. And Miami just has to win one game. They're playing with house money right now, so I think that it's it's Miami's series to lose, uh, but it's not looking like they're going to lose it. So the Celtics and the Raptors are playing as well. Raptors were looking pretty good so far through these playoffs, looking like the team they did last year, being the reigning NBA champions. Um, but the Boston the Boston Celtics right now are two one in the series, leading. Without Gordon Hayward, that's one of the biggest injuries they have on that roster. What do you think about the Boston Celtics so far?
1: I think the Celtics have been okay, despite, I mean, they nearly were going to go up 3-0 in that series against the Toronto Raptors until OG and an had other ideas. <laughs> yeah, they Scored the late game winner the other night for Toronto, and hey, Toronto, this is a team that's won a championship. They, they have pedigree. I think a lot of people were sleeping on Toronto, and this is a game that they knew they had to win. If they go down 3-0 like the Bucks, it's over. So Toronto had to step up in this game. Red Vland stepped up big. Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam did very well for the Raptors. Boston, yeah, they lost this game, but I think Boston is still doing okay, Dylan. Marcus Smart, he's got to contribute more. He's only got, you know, a handful of points in a couple games. He's got to step up a little more. Kemba Walker's doing his thing, getting 29 points. And Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum played nearly 40 minutes in the game and only had 15 points. So he's going to have to score a lot more to put this team, the Raptors, a team that's still the defending champion, away.
0: Yeah, and like you said, I mean, Tatum, Brown, and Walker are the three players throughout the playoffs this season so far who've been carrying that team for the Boston Celtics. So we just need to see some more, you know, production from other players as well, especially with Gordon Hayward being out. He was one of the top five scorers in the playoffs um, for the Boston Celtics this season. So that's a huge piece they're missing there. They'll definitely need some of the bench guys to step up and, you know, maybe play Taco Fall a little bit more, you know, charge on. So. (laughs) <laughs> good to see Taco Fall being there in the in the fold with the NBA playoffs and back home in Orlando, too. That's pretty awesome to see. So uh, good luck to Taco Fall out there for the Boston Celtics. So let's move on to the, the other teams in the Western Conference. The Lakers and the Rockets are playing right now, and Houston is up in the series 1-0 against the Lakers. Lakers have just not been looking like the team that we expected them to be in the playoffs, especially with their success they had in the regular season this year.
1: Well, to be fair, Dylan, the Lakers were off for six days. But I was not expecting them to look slow and rusty in the game last night against a Houston Rockets team that had to go through seven games just to put away Chris Paul and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So you would think it would be the Rockets that would be exhausted, not the Lakers. But the Lakers in this game, Dylan, were struggling with some of their, their shot play LeBron James, he was pulled down by the Rockets really well defensively. LeBron James only got 20 points. And this is a guy, Dylan, usually gets 30, 40 points every other night. And Anthony Davis was only held 25 points. And the bench, Dylan, not many people got more than 12 points other than Alex Caruso. So the Lakers bench was clearly missing last night. And the Rockets, you got to give them credit. James Harden went off 36 points. Russell Westbrook had 24 points in this game. And they basically stepped up. Austin Rivers had 10 points. And the most impressive stat for me, Dylan, was the Rockets gave the Lakers or got the Lakers to turn over the ball 17 times. 17.
0: Whoa. So
1: I don't know with that. I mean, that's a very impressive stat for the Rockets. And Look, they're going to give the, the Lakers trouble in this series. I think the Lakers still are going to be able to turn around, like the Bucks. But uh, it's not going to be an easy series for the Lakers. That's for
2: sure.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be one of those series that will go to Game Seven because it's just these two powerhouses. It, it looks like a Western Conference Final game. This, this, these two teams together. It, it makes for great TV and it's great for the sport, too, of the NBA. I'm thinking that Adam Silver and the league would want them to be in the Western Conference final instead of the semifinals playing like this because they're just two powerhouses. But if they get their way, they'll probably get the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Los Angeles Clippers, where the Clippers are playing against the Nuggets right now. The Clippers are up 1-0 in that series. Who do you attribute the success of the Clippers to this season? Do you think it's going to be... Um, given to Kawhi Leonard once again because he did get the MVP last year for the playoffs in the final. So do you think he can do it again this season?
1: Definitely, definitely. He did it with Toronto. Why not do it with the Clippers? And Kawhi Leonard, he's been on the mission to carry the the Clippers team. Of course, we know the Clippers had a, a bit of a rough start against Dallas, but were able to pull through in that series. And the Nuggets, I think the Nuggets were really exhausted. They went through a seven game thriller against the Utah jazz and they literally ran out of gas in game one against the the Clippers Uh, for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray. He only got like 13, 14 points in game seven against the jazz in this game. He only scored 12 points and Nikola Jokic only had 15 points. And then you had, uh, Paul Millsap with 13, but a very quiet night on the bench for the Denver Nuggets. While the Clippers, it's been all defense. Patrick Beverly doing well. Paul George getting points. Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell. I mean, this team defensively is a solid core for the Clippers. Marcus Morris getting points for the Clippers as well. And the Clippers, Dylan, I. I don't think it's going to be easy series against the Denver Nuggets, but I can see them winning probably five to six games. But we know the Lakers-Rockets series can be a long one, so that might benefit the Clippers. because Whoever they play in the next round, they'll be well-rested at least.
0: Oh, for sure, yeah. And I think that also with Kawhi, if he does go to the Western Conference Final and then he does go to the Final this year, he could potentially be the first NBA player in play- in NBA history – to go to the NBA finals and win an MVP for 3 different NBA teams. How insane would that be? And he gets it for the Raptors, he also gets it from the from the Spurs and he also gets it from the Clippers too.
1: Yeah, man, that can certainly happen. It'll be very interesting for sure.
0: For sure, and also it being the first year he's on the Clippers too, that's another storyline as well. So, huge news in the NBA. I think there's some really good games going on here, except for the Bucks and Heat, of course, um, surprisingly. But we'll definitely keep you guys posted when we record in two weeks. And we'll probably be talking about a preview of the NBA Finals, too, which will be fantastic. So, look out for that. So, let's talk about the MLB. There's a few pieces of news here. The trade deadline actually passed this past Monday. And there were some big trade acquisitions. Right-hand pitcher Mike Clevenger was traded to the Padres for some several players. And right-hand pitcher Miguel Castro was traded to the Mets as well. So I think those were pretty much the biggest trades that happened um, before the trade deadline ended. But some teams out there, JT, there are some really good teams playing right now and having some really good success as they round the corner to the MLB playoffs.
1: Yes, Dylan, I think one team that was quiet but still made some moves was the Chicago Cubs, of course, getting Jose Martinez and Cameron Mabin and also getting Andre Chaffin and Josh Osich. I think for the Cubs, even though they may not be like a big star move like what happened with the Indians and the Padres, I think the, the Cubs, with these moves, will help boost their chances of winning the NL Central in that division and make a deep run in 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 the playoffs. And I think uh, Maven is going to be a very interesting piece for them and, of course, helping them on the outfield for the Cubs. And they also got some, some pitching. You know, every year in the playoffs, the ones always going to come down to pitching in the playoffs. And they get some relievers that will hopefully strengthen that bullpen for the Cubs as they go down the stretch.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I think the Cubs, I mean, they're leading right now four and a half games on the Milwaukee Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals, so they're definitely doing well in NL Central. Another team that's doing really well that's no surprise here in the NL West is the L.A. Dodgers. They are six games ahead of the Padres, which the Padres are hoping to secure that second spot, if not jump into that first spot with the acquisition of Clevenger. But then they, the Atlanta Braves and the NL East are leading there, um, leading by two games over the Philadelphia Phillies and in the in the American League the Oakland A's are up two games on the Houston Astros number one in the AL West AL Central Chicago White Sox are number one which is the tightest race so far we have two other teams that are only a half game back the Cleveland Indians and the Minnesota Twins so that's huge there. And the ALS, one of our hometown teams, the Tampa Bay Rays, are playing very well right now. They are five and a half games up on the New York Yankees, as we speak. So that's huge for the Tampa Bay Rays. They've been playing pretty well for quite some time now. For the past few years, they've done really well, especially their bullpen. Um, But yeah, Tampa Bay's is doing very well, and they have some really good games coming around. Like I said, they're rounding the corner to the playoffs. They only have a few more weeks left, so we'll be talking... More about the playoffs on our next episode, but keep your eye out there for the uh, for baseball. It's been great to see. It's also great to see all the all the cardboard cutouts they have there in the stadiums, looking like fans there, like with dogs and such. And uh, we talked about the teddy bear last (laughs) the last episode too, getting hit in the face with a baseball. So it's great to see, and they're having a lot of fun with the baseball. I'm glad they've actually gotten a hold of coronavirus as well, because they were it was ravaging some teams. Um, as we talked about last episode, too. So, huge news there. Now, let's head over to JT's favorite segment of the week. It's JT's football recap of the week. And JT, the microphone's all yours.
1: Thanks, Dylan. As always, out of bounds, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. But let's start right here in Central Florida. Orlando City, SC. They've been on a tear since the team has returned to its home games at Exploria Stadium. And... The Lions have gone two and one. Uh, they lost to Inter Miami, but they've gotten a draw and uh, a win against Atlanta United. And they play Atlanta United again tonight at Explorer Stadium, at eight p.m. as you can watch on Fox. And this is a big deal, Dylan, because the Lions, after losing the MLS's back tournament, they've seen it start turning around. Benjamin Michelle has stepped up big for the team, getting two goal contributions, got an assist. Mauricio Pereira has done pretty well playing for Nashville against Nashville, excuse me, and us getting a win against Nashville earlier last week. We got a tie in Nashville on Wednesday. So Orlando City right now is sitting in third place in the Eastern Conference, and they're looking pretty well, looking pretty good. Orlando City looks to keep the momentum going as we get later in the stretch and season as Orlando City tries to do what they haven't done in the MLS, Sarah Dylan, and that is make the playoffs. Speaking of Orlando, the women's team, Orlando Pride, uh, announced yesterday that Alex Morgan, Alex Morgan has been away. She was training for the Olympics, and then the Olympics got postponed. Of course, she also had a baby back in May. But Alex Morgan looks to be returning to training for the Orlando Pride this upcoming Monday. And um, Alex Morgan is going to start training with the club. Orlando Pride, they did not play in the NWSL Challenge Cup because the team had players at spots for COVID-19. But the team looks set to go to begin the NWSL Fall Series. They will start that, not this upcoming week, but the following week, on September 19th, they will be playing the North Carolina Courage. Let's go over to Europe, where the big news that we talked about a couple weeks ago, Lionel Messi. We all thought he was going to leave, right? Well, it didn't turn out that way. As Lionel Messi announced the whole world yesterday, uh, I'm staying. I'm not going. And we're like, wait, what? Then you just tell you were leaving? So <laughs> Lionel Messi decided that, well, let's be real. Barcelona was playing hardball with Messi. Messi told him, look, if you want to leave, we'll let you leave. But guess what? Either you or your new club is going to have to pay us $820 million U.S. million for you to leave. And Messi's like, I can't afford that. You crazy? So, <laughs> uh, And Manchester City's like, well, we don't want to break the bank that much. We want you, but we're not willing to break the bank for it. So Manchester City, Inter Milan, Paris Saint-Germain, they were all looking at bringing in Messi, but weren't willing to break the bank. So Messi's like, well, I, I guess I'm going to have to just deal one more year here in Barcelona. Do I want to be here? No, but... I'm just going to have to deal with it for one more year. So, Messi told everybody he's going to stay. Uh, It's going to one year left in his deal. I think Barcelona is hoping and praying that he's staying, Dylan. But from what I'm seeing with Messi, look, Barcelona is taking a risk because he can walk away for free next summer after the Euros and Copa America and all that goes on next summer. Which he probably will. Yeah, he
0: probably will. So,
1: if I'm Barcelona, the next transfer window is January. So if you can't get a contract extension by then, you need to sell them because you don't want to lose them for nothing. For Man City, this might work out for them because if Messi gets hurt, guess what? They don't have to pay them $820 million. Nope, Messi got hurt. We want an injury discount. Let's work out a compromise and we'll probably pay you $400 US dollars. So that's the risk that Barcelona's going to take, but Messi, he'll stay around for one more year. Barcelona, I don't know what they're going to do, Dylan. They don't have Luis Suarez. He's going to Look, he's going to be leaving. Jordi Alba might leave. Arturo Vidal, they're going to lose. Rakitic, he's going to Sevilla. So this is not the same team. And Barcelona didn't win any trophies this year. I don't know if Messi there and a weak squad, he's going to be able to get him trophies this upcoming season. Let's focus on some transfer rumors in Europe. While We're talking about Europe as well. There have been some big moves. As I mentioned, Luis Suarez is talking to Juventus up in Italy to see can sign the deal. Speaking of Juventus, their player, Gonzalo Higuain, looks to be on the move. And they are working out a deal with MLS club Inter-Miami. So Inter-Miami to bring another European superstar to Miami. And also Manchester United announced officially that they have signed Danny van de Beek. They brought him over from Ajax. And that's going to be a big deal for Manchester United to bring more pace in that midfield. And they're also looking at trying to get Jaden Sancho from Borussia Dortmund. And we'll see, Dylan. Lots of transfer rumors going around with players moving up and down. We'll have to wait and see how it
0: all plays out in Europe. But that will do it for my football recap of the week. Let's move over to some winners and losers. I'm going to go with mine first. My winner this week is the Tampa Bay Lightning because they put it away. They won their series four to one. They were able to get that monkey off their back from last season, losing against the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. And so now they're moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm sure the city of Tampa Bay is excited about that. I'm sure the players are excited. And kudos to them. They they have been one of the strongest teams in the league for the past few years now. And now they get to prove it in the conference finals. Let's see if they can actually make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. And also. Make it to where my bracket is correct this year in some form or fashion. My loser this week is going back to soccer news. Lionel Messi, just this whole situation with him and wanting to go somewhere else with Barcelona and not play out the last year of his contract. Uh, Just focus on soccer for one more year. Just go to Barcelona, play your one more year, and then you can leave after that. Why did you have to make this huge debacle? You knew something like this was going to happen in the sense that Barcelona is going to be asking for a lot of money for Messi to be signed somewhere else. He was going to be asked for a lot of money to void his contract. And so at that point, just play your one year. I understand that it's one year that's it's it's a year of eligibility for you, essentially, um, for you to get another championship under your belt. But at the same time... Just relax. It's okay. Play one more year at Barcelona. Give it your best. And then guess what? You can break the bank next year for a team to pay for you. So you're fine. You're okay in Barcelona. We'll see where you go next season. So JT, what are your winners and losers, sir?
1: My winner this week is another Florida team, the Miami Heat. And they've been heating up, Dylan. Doing really well in this series. against the Milwaukee Bucks, they... Beat the Pacers in the last round. I think a lot of people were sleeping on this team, dumb. And Jimmy Butler, he said it last night: "No one respects us. No one believes in us. No one thought we were going to win." And look, we're one game away from putting the Bucks away. And I'm like, all right, Jimmy Butler, I hear you, but slow your roll a bit, man. Uh, just three games so far. It could still turn around. You never know. But yeah, if you put the Bucks away. Hey, you're one round away from the NBA finals and Jimmy Butler, Hey, people were questioning, why do you leave Philadelphia to go to Miami? What are you doing? Looks like so far he's made the right decision. And look, the heat are playing like a team. So I think though, and the Miami heat have a real shot to win the NBA championship this year. If they can beat the bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, where are you guys at?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, right. I can't hear you. I can't oh hear you. Where are you gosh.
1: At? All right. My loser this week is going to be Jadavion Clowney. And we talked about this earlier in our football segment, but Jadavion Clowney, what are you doing? You, You had your agent, you fired him, then you bring him back, then you fire him again, and you still don't have a job in the NFL. What are you doing? Make up your mind. You're a very talented player. Pick a city, go somewhere, and just play. I mean, unless you want to do a... Le'Veon Bell and just stay out of season and try to sign next year. I mean, I guess that's fine too if you want to do that. But make up your mind. Let us know what do you want to do.
0: Police. There you go. That's that's a good loser right there. And Javion just pick, a, pick something. Pick a city, pick a team, and go there. That's all you got to do. It's not very hard. Play one year on a lower contract than you wanted to get paid this season, and then guess what? Play really well and get a big contract next offseason. That's all it takes. So just pick somewhere. Let's end this clowny watch 2020, please, and let's talk about something else. All right, let's move on to final thoughts. JT.
1: All right, guys. So my final thoughts going to be about college football. College football officially kicks off this weekend, and I know there's not a lot of big marking games. Yeah, you got SUU against Texas State, uh, and then you have Memphis against Arkansas State. That's probably the big game that's going to be the late game tonight. But we talked about college football, Dylan. We we've both expressed our thoughts about how college football is going to go. I just hope they finish the season. They do all these testing and everything and keep the players safe. It is a bit concerning with everything going on. As you're hearing about, Schools like Alabama having all these outbreaks and other places, but college football, like I said, I know it's a big money business, and they want to try to do what they can to have a season. Uh, I know TCU was supposed to play today, but their game got delayed, uh, due to positive tests with COVID. So, hopefully, Dylan, they'll, they'll get through the season okay. Uh, with, as long as everyone does their part, do their responsibility, and you know, stay safe, soldiers, wear a mask, all that good stuff. We 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 hopefully we'll get, get through the season okay, and I know the Big Twelve, uh, Texas we play next week against Utah. that'll be our f- home opener before we open Big Twelve play at the end of the month. I know Dylan, your SEC with Tennessee they play at the end of this month, but uh, yeah, hopefully Dylan, you know college football with ACC, Big Twelve, and SEC so far playing to move forward with the games, it all goes okay and. We get through it. The only thing I'm worried – I'm not worried, but because worrying about it is since the Big Ten is sitting out, there was talk that they were going to maybe play next month, but they pushed those talks back to like Thanksgiving or Christmas. And I'm not sure what the Pac-12 is going to do yet. But it will be interesting to see if those other two weeks play till later, they're talking about playing in the spring. So I'm like, what's college football playoffs going to do? Are they going to have a fall champion and then a spring champion, and we just play in like April? I don't know how that's going to work out. So we'll see how that plays out, Dylan. But yeah, Dylan, I'm happy college football's back. It's going to be a little weird watching football with barely any fans in the stadium. But I hope, Dylan, that no matter what happens, it all goes okay. But Dylan, what are your final thoughts?
0: My final thoughts this week have to go out to everyone out there on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Everything when it comes to trades, especially with the with the cuts that are happening right now and and free agency signings, I have three simple words for you: check your sources. Don't believe everything you hear on social media. Don't believe everything you hear on the internet. If you have someone saying, for instance, Javion Clowney is signing with the New Orleans Saints. They're finalizing contract talks. They're signing a one-year, $10 million contract. Okay. Who sent that out? Was it Ian Rappaport? No. Adam Schefter? No. Tom Pelissero? No. Any NFL analyst? No. Then probably don't believe it until you actually see it, the pen to paper. I, at the end of the day, look... The only time you'll ever know if it's, if it's confirmed is if you are directly associated with a player, a.k.a. Jadavion Clowney in this situation, and he tells you directly, I am signing with this team. So don't believe anything you hear on the internet. Wait until you actually get a, a source that is credible enough for you to believe them, and go from there. If you're trying to break into the industry as a reporter, as, a, as an insider for the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL anything you have to work at that you can't just break one big story and think that you're the guy think that you're Adam Schefter now it just doesn't work that way it's something along the lines of you just need to put in your time you need to get reliable sources and you just can't not believe everything on the internet at the end of the day you just can't believe everything on the internet and just wait and see I mean look We're going to find out sooner or later from a reliable source, a a confirmed source, about where players are going to sign and things of that nature. So relax. Don't always be the first to post. Just get it right when you post. And that's my rant for the afternoon. So Thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on all of our social media channels Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, and Twitter, it's OOB Podcast. OOB Podcast on Facebook, it's Out of Bounds with Dylan James. You can follow me on Instagram, Dylan underscore James, or on Instagram, on, um, I'm sorry, Twitter, Dylan underscore James, Instagram, Dylan James underscore FL. You can follow me on those social media channels. JT, what are your social media handles, sir?
1: You guys can follow me on Twitter, I'm at JTSocca88, that's at JTSocca88. You can also follow me on Instagram at Sports. and yes, Dylan, I agree with you, hashtag check your sources.
0: There you go, hashtag check your sources. Thank you so much for listening for this week, guys, and we will talk to you next time.